So I've been watching today as uh, so many Twitter employees are posting about being laid off. And I guess they all knew this yesterday. And it's all what Elon Musk is, you know, doing to revamp or I don't know what he's doing with Twitter, but all of these layoffs are just piling on top of other huge layoffs. And I started thinking about when I first came to Los Angeles and I started working for individual clients. And I remember when I first started working for Brand New School. Brand New School is not a school. It is a, I guess they're a design brand company now. <laughs> but back then we were a live action motion graphics company. Same thing. But um I remember when I first walked in the door and they needed a bookkeeper and basically an administrative person. They were all these young, basically kids compared to me, um, you know, working in this small place in Venice and, uh, Venice, California. And I just started doing the books and we had to make payroll and we weren't going to be able to make payroll because we didn't have enough money for the next two months. And I remember going to the owner of the company, Jonathan, and I said to him, we, we don't have enough money to make payroll. You guys have all these jobs coming up. I don't think there's anything we can do to cut any more resources, whatever. And without hesitation, he said, you know what? I won't get a, a paycheck for the next couple of months. Will that do it? And I said, well, that'll help. And that's great. Like I hadn't even thought of that. So when he said it, I was like, okay, that's, that's great, but it won't actually fix the problem. And then the next, um, person who was, you know, next in line or whatever, Jens, I remember he said, I won't take a, a, a paycheck either for the next couple of months. Will that help? And I said, that'll do it. That'll keep everyone in the company working and it'll get us through for the next couple of months. And in the meantime, I will do what we need to do in order to see if we can't establish a line of credit or whatever, so that we're not in this situation again as a startup company, whatever. Okay. So I just remember that as being such an instinctual thing for like a leader and somebody who really cared about not just his employees, but his product, right? He cared about how he could keep everyone employed because he knew this entire team from the office manager and receptionist to the lead designer or whatever were really crucial to the greatness of his company. So he figured out a way in which to do that. And then we ended up of course, being extremely successful with that client and the next client, we got more and more money. We were able to hire more and more people. We were able to put savings aside so that we'd always have a cushion. I mean, I am shocked at how many companies and, and big companies turn around and lay off people first before thinking about all of those quote unquote golden parachutes or whatever they call them when they're giving people millions and millions and millions of dollars, but then laying off individuals who, you know, actually help make their company successful. I know I'm talking about this really simplistically. It's just, I feel like I have had such grace and such luck in working for really decent people for the most part. Don't get me wrong. I have worked for some 
mofos. Okay. (laughs) There's no doubt about it. But for the most part, I don't work for people I don't want to work for. And I feel grateful for that. Part of it is because I also don't have children. I don't have any responsibilities other than me, myself, and I. So that makes it easier to walk away when I think people are immoral, bad, um, or hurtful. (laughs) You know, So um, I understand that. But let me say this. I am shocked at how many people, even in small businesses, are not thoughtful enough about the long-term ramifications of letting go of so many people just because you think immediately it's going to solve a cash flow problem. There is no doubt in my mind that if you are a good boss or a good leader or a good owner of a company or whatever you want to call it, and you walked into a company where the ethos was that people cared about the outcome of the product that they produced, if you said to them, you know what, we have to make some cuts, I've already turned around and cut my paycheck in half, I want to know if 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 all of you would rather that I, you know, eliminate two people from the team, or if we all took a paycheck cut for the next couple of months, I am pretty sure most people would be stunned and shocked. But most people would say, you know what, if it means we can all work together and and stay on this project and stay in this job so that we can have a better outcome in, in two months or something, I think most people would say yes, right? And look at I'm not trying to act like that's going to solve the problem. I am just always stunned by people. And yes, I'm going to say this about Elon Musk right now, who is letting go of all of these Twitter employees. And I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but really you come in for five minutes and you just like within 24 hours, you get rid of all of these people without any notification or understanding. I mean, I hope they're all getting, you know, some sort of severance pay or something. And from what I understand, there are lawyers on Twitter right now who are telling people not to sign anything because I guess there's going to be some clash action suit or something. I, I have no idea. That's just going to be a ridiculous, painful story to watch unfold on so many levels. And um, it kind of breaks my heart. Um, not because I care so much about Twitter, but I care about the people who have tried to establish that as a social media uh, forum and um, just people in general who have jobs and who are just doing their jobs and are now, you know, getting laid off because of some egomaniac who, yeah, I said it, egomaniac, um, who needs to do things his way. My point is, is if you're a billionaire and you have a company, and even if that company has many, many losses, there are better nicer, kinder ways to do things, giving people time to adjust to the news, uh, not doing it via email. It's just, it's so weird and wrong, you know? And yet I think this is the way in which we are going as an industry. And I keep thinking to myself, there are so many ways that companies can cut costs, especially today, right? Um, there's really, I'm not saying for every position or every job, but we don't need all these big buildings anymore with all these office spaces. A lot of things can be done from home. A lot of jobs can be remote. Some jobs cannot be. My job is not remote. 
I go into my clients' offices once a week. I have different clients I go in every single day. So um, I tend to, you know, not work in my own office remotely. Um, I do a lot of work from home, but I am in my clients' offices once a week. So my job isn't one of those. I actually have to go somewhere all the time. But I feel like there are some jobs, most jobs that can be done remotely, but that is kind of this weird shift where people are starting to get more comfortable with even that idea because employers and owners of companies are not trusting that their employees are actually working, you know, like who cares if the, unless the work is not getting done, it shouldn't matter. Right. I don't care if somebody is writing some piece of content and they're in their bathtub drinking a, you know, thing of champagne with a candle on or whatever, if that piece of writing gets done and it's part of what I'm, you know, expecting them to send to me and it gets to me on time and it is perfect and brilliant. And I can pass that on to the client that we're working with. Good to go. We're fine. Amen. I don't care how you did it, how you got it done. Um, I have an employee who it's not my employee, but one of my clients employees is in Australia I barely talk to this person, barely <laughs> talk to this person. But you know what? No matter what I send, no matter, no matter what I request, no matter what we need, we put a time frame on it when, and it's always there on time without fail. Perfect. You know, in the past, we would not have hired that talented person in another country. Um, we would have them be in the office eight hours a day. I don't know if their creativity and their joy and their happiness that comes through in their work would be as brilliant as it is because we just say this is what we need and then it comes to fruition, you know, um, and they can do it however they need to to be inspired to do the work that they do. Um, by the way, one of the employees I'm talking about is not some creative person. This is somebody who is always doing statistical stuff for our company right? This is somebody who is always crunching numbers. This is somebody who's always doing a lot of data entry, but there is such freedom when you're not being micromanaged, right? There is such a beautiful thing that happens when you are trusted to do the work you need to do. But I think that's part of what's happening with employers right now and owners of company. They can't really fathom that, you know, they don't need to be watching over everybody for eight hours a day in an office in order for the work to get done. The flip side, of course, is, is then you have people who, because they don't see the work done, they think it's so easy, right? Because the work shows up on your lap the minute you ask for it or the time frame that you ask for it and it shows up in your inbox or um, in the cloud or whatever it is, um, then what ends up happening is owners of companies, people who are, um, you know, CEOs and managers or whatever, they think that things are easy. Oh my God, I hear that all the time. Oh, it's not going to take that long for you to do that. It's not a big deal, blah, blah, Really? If it isn't, then why don't you do it? I'm confused. If it's not a big deal, how come you're not doing it? Right. I always say that to people when they talk about, you know, hiring an executive assistant or hiring an office manager or hiring, hiring an AP person or whatever. And they're like, Oh, it won't be a big deal. They just have to make a few phone calls. If it's just a few phone calls, why don't you do it? Every job, if you know how to do it can be easy, but most of the time you're not paying people for the skills 
of being able to pick up a phone and call a vendor. That's not normally what you're paying for. What you're paying for is the efficiency, the skill set, the knowledge, the trust you have in them, their loyalty, their ability to get things done on time, right? I can do any job if I'm taught to do it, but can I do it efficiently? Okay, I'm having problems with my words today, as I do every day, but can I do that job efficiently? Can I do it with grace? Can I do it on time? Can I do it thoroughly? Is it detailed? Is it organized? Is it what, you know, is expected for the client or whatever it is? That's what you're paying for. But we have to change the mindset. And I'm, I'm shocked that the first thing that people think about when they need to save money when it comes to their companies is how many people can I fire so I can line my pockets with more money or um, I can save the company if I fire five people, you know, and then force the remainder people to take on their jobs as well without any increase in pay. That is the fascinating part to me. And when you own a company, because I've seen this so many times, when you own a company, you make that decision and you hire what are the right people for the position, the reasoning for you to fire people shouldn't be because you're trying to save money. The reason why you fire people is because they are not good for your company and your brand and what you're trying to do. If you hired people when things were flowing and great and wonderful and um, they were not that great at their jobs, that's on you. Okay, fine. Find a reason to get rid of those people. But when you're in a crunch and when we're having issues with money or we're thinking about reorganizing, you should really reconsider and think about why did I hire these people to begin with? And let me tell you, the first people that are always fired for some reason are the administrative people, which strikes me as ridiculous. As I said in my last podcast, the foundation of your company is the most important part of your company. I don't care who is on your creative team. If you don't have the most amazing foundational people, people functioning to, to make sure everything is done that needs to be done behind the scenes, your creative people don't matter. Your creative people will not matter. You will not get paid from your, your clients. You will not get anything from your vendors. You will not know what your budgets are. You will not be able to make payroll. You will not have someone answering your phones and doing that customer service stuff. You will not have the foundation you need to really, really have a great and amazing creative company or whatever your product is. And I know this for a fact. The first thing you should do when money is tight or you're trying to reorganize an office, reorganize an office and think about the financials, you should first start with what is the most practical way to be able to keep these wonderful people that I hired to begin with and that I need to be successful in this company. What can I do to either bring in more money or what can I do to keep these people to the best of my ability. What are all my options, right? And there are always other options other than just slashing people. By the way, I'm not saying that you have to keep it. If you can't keep people, you can't keep them. I understand. Sometimes that is the only thing you can do is let people go, especially if it's a financial situation and you've tried everything, right? But there's also a way to do that. 
it's not only about doing it legally and, and doing it so that nobody, you know, comes back at you and tries to sue you, which is, I think, what's going to happen with Twitter people, by the way. Um, but it's about having morals and standards and grace and compassion and empathy and the things that I am consistently talking about every single day. Be a better person. Be a better person who owns a company. Be a better person who treats people with respect and dignity and have empathy for other people. It isn't business. It's always personal. This bullshit line of it's not personal, it's business. That just makes you feel better about destroying somebody else in the process. Think about it. If I say to you, it's not personal, it's business. Does that make you feel any better? No, it doesn't. But it makes me feel better because I'm like, yeah, I mean, I didn't mean, you know, personally, I don't really didn't want to hurt them, but I had to do it business. It makes it much easier for me to slash and burn people if I say it that way. But the truth is, everything is personal. Everything we do is personal. And when you're spending eight hours a day working for a company, please, of course, it's personal. There's no other place except sleeping where I spend more time. It's always going to be personal, Mr. Employer, Mrs. CEO, you owner of whatever company. This is what I'm trying to say. Compassion, empathy, be smart. Try to think about different ways in which you can change the trajectory. Okay, I messed up that word again, but the trajectory of your company so that it can be better, be in a healthy space without slashing and burning the people who helped you get to where you are, no matter who you are. Till next time. Thanks for stopping by All About the Joy. Be better and stay beautiful, folks. Have a sweet day.